0: Hello and welcome to the Motormouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. We've partnered with the Brain Tumour Charity, a cause we care deeply about. And this March is Brain Tumour Awareness Month. And we'll be sharing a couple of special podcasts uncovering those within the motorsport community who've been affected by these devastating diagnoses. Plus, the Brain Tumour Charity is also running the Conquer... The Challenge from March through to May, a virtual fundraiser for those fitness-inclined, and there's a leaderboard, so if you're competitive, then this is definitely for you. All the details are at thebraintumorcharity.org. Together, we can help every single person affected by a brain tumour. This season, we're delighted to be teaming up with Grid Rival. If your football mates are constantly going on about their fantasy leagues, well, now you can get your own back and create your own racing fantasies. Thanks to Grid Rival, including F1 and MotoGP, you can select your own teams and drivers, interact with other fans, and join or create your own leagues where you can trade on the go to make sure you have the ultimate lineup for everything every race if you're as obsessive about motorsport as we are make sure you set up on GridRival today head to their website gridrival.com or download their app from your app store 2021 leagues are now live so download the app set up your own league or you can join ours come on have a go with us just search for motormouth official select your team and drivers and we'll see who comes out on top
1: Hello, Tim Sylvie here. Now, today we're joined by a rising star of television who also happens to be a dab hand behind the wheel. She hails from the Lincolnshire countryside. And before we introduce her, did you know that the first policewoman to be granted full powers of arrest in Great Britain over 100 years ago was Lincolnshire's own Edith Smith, who patrolled the streets of Grantham? She worked seven days a week from 1915 to 1917 dealing with frivolous girls who sold their body on the streets. What do you make of that, Harry Benjamin?
0: Wow, what a tone to start start the motor the motoring podcast off with Tim. Uh, wasn't there a TV show called like Grantham or something like that? Grantham is it is
1: it Grantham? Is that how Grantham. you say? It?
0: Uh, sorry, that's probably a posh uh, thing <laughs> I've done. It's probably Grantham. Um, <laughs> can't help. I speak the Queen's English. I'm Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, I am all good. All being said apart, my hair is getting. Yeah. At, you know, actually, the headphones. People can't see this, but the headphones make it look slightly more real. Re- reasonable but yeah. the hair is it is
1: a, Are the headphones now. starting to sort of creep off your ears up into the well, hair You because... know what was funny I
0: went, I went to Sainsbury's yesterday I know very glamorous hashtag luxury lifestyle mm-hmm. but um, I put uh, my mask on obviously just before I actually do it before, as I leave the house because I actually find it keeps, keeps my face warm Yeah yeah it's cosy um, And then um, I put it on and then I had tufts of hair sticking out <sighs> from like either side just above my ears and I thought oh my god this is actually getting stupid
1: Yeah now. it needs to get cut it's uh, it's beyond. Yeah, tell me about it. Um. Anyway, shall I introduce today's guest? Yes, I think so. Today's guest is Grace Webb, the rising star of the small screen, who's the granddaughter of Donington Park Race Circuits founder Tom Wheatcroft. So motorsport is certainly in the blood. She's presented on Motors TV and has taken up the reins of what was Katie's Amazing Machines, presented by our former podcast guest Katie Munnings, who can now be found over in Extreme E. And the show is now aptly named... Grace's amazing machines where she gets to drive some frankly ridiculous cars and bikes. We're here to hear about her life, opinions, and future plans. Grace, welcome to the Motormouth Podcast. Hey guys, how are you
2: guys?
1: Not too shabby, you know, under the circumstances. Lockdown and all that. Mind you, by the time this goes out, um I think we're all pretty much back to normal, aren't we?
0: Oh, I don't know. That's optimistic. I no. feel like we might be on the first, the first of many phases, or whatever they're calling it. Uh, but, okay, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, we can only hope, can't we? Just keep going on that roadmap and <sighs> checking in with the uh, the milestones.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I've lost, I've stopped sort of watching uh, what's happening and just waiting and seeing what you know what actually happens because I. I just can't keep up. And well,
1: at least you've had it. You, you're sort of, you're totally immune really. I did
0: it? get COVID. Yeah. But I rec- we did a podcast. Do you remember? I yeah. actually had it without realising it and then <laughs> it was very ill. We, we
1: interviewed uh, Eddie Jordan um, while Harry had COVID and he didn't know. And he, yeah. t- if you listen to that I, episode. I think on
0: the show, I was like, I felt a bit hot and I wasn't talking as much as I usually yeah. do. But like, Tim did a lot of the heavy lifting for that one and then I had a test the <laughs> next day and lo and behold, struck down for two weeks. But hey, We'll leave that in the past. Grace, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you for coming on board with us to hear hair and COVID chat. As you can tell, this is a very uh, high-quality, top-journalistic podcast. Um, No,
2: well, I'm desperate for a haircut as well, so I'm in the same boat. My plaits are getting longer and longer. I look back at the pictures I put on Instagram and your steamer plaques are getting longer and longer <laughs> as I'm waiting for a
0: haircut. I'll be able to do them soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's get straight into it though, Grace. we mentioned right at the top of the show that your grandfather founded Donington Park. So if anybody's gonna have anything to do with motor racing, cars, any form of automotive thing, it's probably yeah. gonna be you. Tell us about that and, and what you know, <laughs> did you have much of a relationship with him and, and how did it was, was that where the car bug came from?
2: Yeah, yeah. So my grandfather on my mum's side, um, yeah, he's Tom Wheatcroft. And I, so I was like a teenager when we would go to Donington Park and we'd watch the racing. And he's quite a big man as well. So I always remember the massive hugs that he used to give, uh, which is lovely. And, and, I, and I don't think I really understood at the time, like, the scale of what he achieved it, because it was just part of the family um but I do have really good memories of going to Donington and watching the racing from the Wheatcroft suite so we'd, we'd get to go up on Goddard's corner and, and watch the racing from there and that that was one of the first times I watched a MotoGP race live and oh my gosh the thrill and the excitement of like watching the bikes so up close and the noise they make Mm. like you don't realize watching on tv just how loud they are especially when there's a group of them going around the same corner at the same time um yeah it's just incredible so I suppose it was kind of yeah drip fed to me throughout my younger years and um yeah, it's just always been in the family. Um, my dad's an engineer on that side. So, he, you know, from both sides of my family, I've always had engines around and, and that smell and the noise. And yeah, so it's always been a hobby and an interest of mine. It wasn't something that I started out in my career doing, um, but as sort of developed now in my 20s, what, what, it, it I to make a career out of it. What, it was going
0: to be difficult to avoid. Yeah, it was. Yes, yeah,
1: what,
2: yeah.
1: What's the? Do you know the history of of Donington Park? I mean, as it, obviously he founded it, but what what does that mean? Like, was it like a farm or something that he converted? What's the 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 backstory?
2: Yeah, so I know a little bit about it. In that it was originally a racetrack years and years ago, um, but obviously the kind of racetracks that were a bit muddy and a bit rough around the edges Um, and it didn't get used for a long time so my granddad put an offer in to buy the plot of land and developed it into what it is today so he would you know organize putting the tarmac down and designing where the buildings were going and the the layout of the track so I think that word founded it means how it looks today, he mm. was the one that put that in place.
0: It's funny, actually, I just remember this now, that my first ever bit of work experience, it, it came when I was at Donington Park. Oh, <laughs> really? I, I, yeah, how, what are the chances? <laughs> I I'd pestered for, I think Formula E had just done its first ever season, the all-electric yeah. racing series, and I'd watched it and like fallen madly in love with it and been like, oh my God, I need to get involved somehow pested for ages the 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 company that did it and then eventually instead of revising for my A levels and they then invited me that summer i think i'd finished school and they invited me that summer i was 18 uh, to spend two days with them at Donington Park for pre-season testing because that's where they used to do. it. That's where all the Formula E teams, I think, were were ba- first mm. based mm. initially. Mm. Um, so that was the first ever racetrack I think I went to. I mean, it was it was I mean it was a cold, dreary kind of it grey days. It always, it always is. is. <laughs>
1: Donning, Donington Park. I've never been to Donington Park in the sun, and I think actually it was probably the la- one of the last racetracks I went to before lockdown because they had. Uh, It must have been last year. They uh, had the British Touring Cars media day there, I think. And um, it was classic, um, blustery Donington Park day. Uh, It was freezing. And it, it just always seems to be the case. It's like every time I go to Snetterton, it rains. It's, maybe it's just me just isn't, it,
2: isn't that just classic uh, motor track yeah. weather <laughs> whenever yeah. you want to go to a racetrack yeah. you're hoping for sunshine and inevitably no. it's
1: going to rain isn't it yeah a- 100% <laughs> um, and, and you mentioned MotoGP there That that's that's something that you you have a passion for it's something we need to get more au fait with we're, we're not up to speed on on
0: am so OGP. bad at watching watching it I don't know why I'm just not I don't know why I'm just not drawn to it I, I'm, perhaps there's I don't know, perhaps you could explain, Grace, like why some people, like you're because uh, you're, you're, you're I, not particularly into F1, so there's like two different sides of it, I suppose, isn't
2: there? Uh, I don't know how you can't not be into it, though, uh, because you, you physically get to see the rider's body move around on this machine, and uh, some of the racing is so close, and the, the lean angles they get, the speeds they get, yeah. the technology on those bikes... I just, just everything draws me to it. I, I absolutely love watching it. Does it
1: have a? a, a, a we should we should know this. This is uh, disgusting behaviour from us. But do, do, does it have the sort of following that the other forms of motorsport have? I mean, we 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 follow four wheels, and I know MotoGP is huge. But is it, it what is the audience like for it? Is do people just go nuts for it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's loads of people that love it, and um, I I sort of see what you're saying. I know that obviously f1 has a big following and just the car world generally i think motorbikes are just another realm and mm. i think sometimes people have a an already they perceive motorbikes in a way already and i think sometimes they get a bad reputation so it's especially motorbikes on the road and then you then don't really Follow it up, sort mm. of thing. But the the fans that do watch it are well into it. You know, there's merchandise for different riders. There's merchandise for the MotoGP logo. You know, it, it is its own world in itself.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'd probably say it is probably just as big as is F1 in that in that in the two wheeled world, especially. What what are you like on a on a bike, Grace? Any chance of you being a racing driver when you were when you were growing up? <laughs>
2: Uh, Yeah, I'd love to. Um, But, yeah, I think my passion for it came a bit too late sort of thing. So I was sort of too old to get into the the younger categories of starting out motorbike riding. But then I'm also not experienced enough to go and play with this group of people. um, But, yeah, no, my brother started... Racing mini motos when he was about ten, so I was thirteen at the time, um, and p- I, part of me at the time sort of remembers being a bit reluctant going along because you know I was thirteen and I wanted to hang out with my mates and oh I'm being dragged along to this thing that my nice. little brother's doing and um, but it was a it was a new world for us all at the time you know this it, it was although we'd watched racing, we'd never taken part in it ourselves until that point. Um, And the more I went, the more I loved it. And, but I think, like I say, my brother had kind of had all the experience. Then by the time I said I wanted to go, you know, I I was too big for a mini moto. And (laughs) uh, yeah, and and I think there was a little, a part of it that was like, oh, well, girls break a bit easier and Mm. you know we'll we'll steer you towards something else you know you can come along and watch and that's fine um so I probably should have put my foot down a bit more at the time and it's always one of those things you look back and think Mm. I should have done that I should have said that and (laughs) um but yeah so we'd always been around it since that time um and I would because I was dragged along to all of this stuff I would take photographs of the riders as a way of sort of getting to know people because we'd go along to these meetings every weekend or every other weekend you were kind of forced into this new world and you had to get along with people and so i would take photographs of of the riders and and print them out and go along to people and say hey i took a picture of you do you want it and you'd start chatting and that kind of thing and so you, you you'd make sort of a new family yeah. this racing family which you would just love but none of my other friends would really understand you know what it's like in a race paddock and yeah. you'd, you'd see these people on all these weekends and you'd build relationships with them and you know I got I got to know quite a lot of people uh, in the paddocks that we went to and eventually um, my brother raced for a championship called Thundersport GB, which is was televised on motors TV. And when they were looking, when Thundersport were looking to televise the championship, they, they wanted a presenter of some kind. And they were like, well, we need someone who sort of knows the riders and knows where they've come from and how they've been doing over the months in the championships. And we're like, well, Grace has been around for ages and she talks to everyone. So <laughs> let's get her on. And that that's kind of wow, how my first uh, televised job came about, that so- they wanted someone that knew what was going on and were like, "What well, do you want to do it? Had you, <laughs> had like, you done that before? Yeah, right? <laughs> is,
1: is this the first time that you, you would have had a microphone stuffed in front of your face? This There was no past experience of it?
2: Yep. Wow. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> that, that was just that. And again, it's like... I, I do truly believe that if you just plod on and keep doing what you enjoy and do what you do, you know, there's, you don't, you don't know who's looking at you yeah. and you never know what opportunities are going to come about. And, and I did really enjoy it. You know, I I say if, you know, uh, this isn't really for me, yeah. but, you know, I chatted to everyone anyway. This was just chatting with, a with them, but with the microphone
1: <laughs> yeah. and a camera. Yeah. I love that though. Um,
2: Cause that, that,
1: that's so cool though, that That, that one moment, well, not, not a one moment because it's a build up, isn't it? You know, you've put your face out there. You've, you've got to know everybody. But
2: yeah.
1: that that moment of you going to a racetrack thinking, oh, this is quite good fun and putting, putting your neck out there a little bit and, and showing a bit of initiative by learning the drivers has led to something so unexpected and so cool that has ch- fundamentally changed the course of your entire yeah. life. Um, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's amazing. So, so you you end you end up being a presenter on Motors TV and fronting this um, this stuff. H- how did you take to it? I mean, you must have been pretty nervous the first time they switched the cam the, the cameras on. Did did you feel comfortable immediately?
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say that, like, "Oh, were well, you nervous?" But I don't really remember being that nervous, and I think it's because i sort of followed in my sister's steps in that she she was a nursery nurse so she worked with young children and i i grew up she she's eight years older than me so i grew up sort of watching her um and i ended up taking my career into teaching so when i was put in front of a camera you're sort of used to presenting in a way when you teach just yeah. to younger people um, yeah. because teaching is sort of a performance and you, everything's so exciting. And um, so then when it came to like with a microphone and a camera, I didn't really get that nervous because I was sort of used to presenting ideas and sort of performing in front of a group of 30 kids that, that you sort of used to looking a bit silly all the time. Yeah. Um <laughs> So yeah, it kind of just I, I was all right with it really. And I think, like you say, I was used to speaking to people all the time. So yeah. this was just that we had a camera and a microphone. I think it made other people more nervous because I bought a camera and a microphone along yeah. with me when I chatted <laughs> to them.
0: <laughs> when you when you started doing that then, were you did you think quite quickly, right, okay this is what I, I, I'm i going to do. I'm going to strive to sort of do more of this and then push on with it. Or were you just kind of along for the ride and seeing where it would go? Or did you think, right, I'm going to be a presenter and I wanted to, to talk about bikes and, and all sorts of other cars and things like that?
2: Mm. It did cross my mind whether to take it forward more from that point. Um, but I I still enjoyed teaching a lot at the time and I was still early in my teaching career at that point. So I wanted to pursue that more because you spend all these years at university studying for for something that I thought I'll I'll go along that route for for the time being. But funnily enough, when Katie left Amazing Machines and they were looking for a new presenter, um, I think the production team went on a hunt on the internet and It was one of the videos of me interviewing someone at racetrack that they came across, saw that, contacted me and said, oh, we've seen this video of you on Motors TV. You know, we're looking for a presenter. Is this something that you'd be interested in doing? And obviously, I then researched Katie's Amazing Machines. I'd not heard of it before, you know, not having young kids of my own. um, Researched it, saw her doing all these amazing things on machines and in the sky and then fast cars and whatever else and i was like yeah that's a bit of me you know it's aimed at kids it's to do with motorsport yeah, like tailor-made. just the whole thing married up yeah. went for the screen test and a few days later they said they'd like to offer me the job and i was like you're joking yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so cool it's you funny know all though. these things just lined up yeah. and it and it happened and what i really love like is seeing katie now doing all this amazing stuff in extreme e i i love that because an opportunity came up for her and an opportunity came up for yeah. me and it's you know everyone's happy kind yeah, of thing yeah, so yeah. And, that,
1: um, and that show is it's you know who knows what you're going to go on to after this, but, um, and, and we'll talk about the future, but it's, it's almost becoming like, you know, this show is like a, it's going to be a launch pad for careers for years because everyone loves the program. My, my five-year-old, I said it to Katie when she was on, you know, he was like, Oh my God, you, you've got Katie from from Katie's amazing machines. It's ridiculous. And he, he's, he's, he's obsessed with cars, um, loves that show. And it's such a good program. And it feels like it's the sort of thing that it's just gonna create a conveyor belt of of you know people who go on it and it just launches them into a different stratosphere. And Katie's now become this, you know, in our world, certainly a star. You know, all of a sudden, yeah. overnight almost, she's been propelled into the limelight. And it must be great for you to see that sort mm. of path and think, God, you know, your career is heading in 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 a in a you know, not to say you're gonna go on and do racing in extreme me or anything like that, but it, it must be give you a warm fuzzy feeling to think well i'm part of this whole this whole world and 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 look at the possibilities
2: oh definitely and you know i can only hope onwards and upwards kind of thing and yeah definitely after amazing machines i'm a bit more serious about presenting i still do a bit of teaching now but it's i can work that around presenting as well and um yeah the show is just incredible the people at cbb's are amazing and Yeah, I love it. And and who knows where it will go. And I I love the fact that because I'm a motorbiker and Katie was a rally driver, it's almost brought another community into the show. And um, yeah, the amount of comments I get on Instagram saying, oh, my little one wants a a motorbike. And and I'm like, oh, I love that. I love that. And because like I say, I do think sometimes motorbikes can get a bad rep. And the fact that these kids want a motorbike and you know men and women can ride bikes and whoever you are you can ride a motorbike and that's what I love about the show that it just opens up all these opportunities that in the diverse range of machines you know there's tractors there's supercars there's airplanes there's all sorts and you know it's I've learned so much on the job as well like I didn't even know that machine existed or whatever and yeah, yeah, so uh, I really love it, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity. It's just,
0: the whole thing's been amazing. Well, as well as, I think, as you said, it, it directly sort of to, to inspires, I suppose, anybody, but also, you know, young girls watching you do your thing and all these amazing machines. It suddenly creates another level of accessibility mm. that, that wasn't there before, and that and that is that is what we need, especially going forward, is so starting in kids' TV. That's the perfect yeah. place for it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what is... The coolest machine that you've you've I don't know what, how did do you that do you, like you've driven you've raced you've flown like how would you yeah. describe it What's the coolest thing
2: Yeah, I get asked. Quite I a bet. Lot. I uh, bet. I've still not refined my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And um, there's so many cool ones. I mean, we in in my first series we filmed a a super bike and it it was a, a BMW. S1000RR and it had like recently only just come out as well and we were at uh, Anglesey Racetrack and I had the whole track to myself this amazing film crew and the weather was spot on which <laughs> is unusual um and everything just sort of pieced up and I, and I remember getting off the bike and just giving the producer a massive hug because it was like yeah just such this surreal situation and I'd I'd been teaching full-time like the week before as well so it, it was just like how my world had literally yeah. changed in the space of a few days and um yes yeah, so I'd probably say that machine because that day and that moment everything just lined up and and it that was cool <laughs>
1: yeah is that is that the uh if you could take one of them home would that be the one that you'd go and stick in your garage
2: Oh no, if, if I could take one home, <laughs> I would uh, have the motor home. Oh, uh, we filmed this epic motorhome with a double bed and a fridge and all these mirrors and sliding out sofas. Oh. And to have something like that, yeah. that's like you could go anywhere you want yeah. with it and uh, that'd be the one I'd take home. Yeah. yeah that's actually I, I love traveling.
0: Thing, one thing I remember watching Top gear years ago. One of the coolest things I ever remember was this gigantic motorhome they had that had all the bells and whistles, you know, and it had, you know, the, the kitchen was like top-notch. And then it had like um where, where I suppose you uh, the underside of of the uh of the coach, you could press a button and suddenly a car would come out, a sports car, yeah. and it would just slide. And I was like, "That is cooler than Ed. Like, I I don't want just the Aston Martin. I want it yeah. in a motorhome,
2: yeah. please. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. that's the dream. Yeah, uh, like, I'd I'd happily buy a hundred quid scooter off eBay to yeah. chuck in the back of it if I could have that yeah. epic motorhome. Like,
0: what was your first car? My
2: first car was a Peugeot two hundred and six, solid, in black.
0: Nice. Mm. Did you have some 6 yeah. by 9s oh, in look, the boot? I loved it.
2: You
1: know, Have the big the, the subwoofer and all that stuff that you get with your first car? Or is that just me being old?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, didn't we, we don't have, have subwoofers. subwoofers. <laughs> what? It didn't quite have a subwoofer, but I did have a gold nodding dog. Nice.
1: You've got to have something in there. <laughs> in the
2: uh, On the parcel shelf. Um, nice. But when it's your first car, like, oh, I just I loved buying all the accessories yeah. for it. I mean, yeah. that, that was back in the day when we had tax discs and... A really cool tax disc holder, and
1: those were the um, days. I tell you, those, those tax disc holders. <laughs> and it's like uh, when, when uh, I don't know whether uh, you're. What are you? Twenty seven? Is that right? Yeah. When I was when I got my first car, it was still at that stage where you could swap out the radios. In that you'd click out the radio. Did you have that? And you you, you press the yeah. button, the radio flips out. You put your own radio frontage on there. You get your yeah. six benign speakers cut into the back, sh- the parcel shelf at the back. You'd have your subwoofer taking up half the boot, and you'd cruise along in your Vauxhall Nova mm-hmm. with the window down, which you roll down like that. Harry, have you seen those before? Nah, and be just electric, right? And then and then you blast out these two. amazing. <laughs> then were the days, I tell you.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I you, and I, I got a lot of that off my older brother. He was, oh, he was one for adding neons to his car yeah, and a nitro button and <laughs> oh you name it he had it on his car and uh yeah took inspiration from him i'm i'm still uh, still part of me would like some neons on my car just now. do it
1: just do it. roll with it you I no, mean, wait, no, no. No, But you, you're doing you're doing these electric car reviews you know sort of makes sense you know give it that sort of electric vibe you know <laughs> I, think yeah, you should, I
2: think you should yeah. go for it yeah, match the colour of the car and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I yeah. have a blue car now, so I'm I'm adamant that I'll have blue neons on it. Oh. Well, the have... trouble is you can't you can't legally use them on the road though, can you? No.
0: Um, oh, can you not? it has not done that. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, how is the is uh... it too
2: tempting to, press the button <laughs> to turn them on? <laughs>
0: That'll be your next project uh, if we go into... God help us if we have another lockdown. Yeah. Um, we're not going to. Um, but <laughs> Tim mentioned there, the, the electric car stuff. You started doing that. That must be quite cool as well. And reviewing these, these current road cars and sort of the future, I suppose, of, of what we're going to be driving on the roads. How's that been?
2: Yeah, really exciting, actually. Yeah, so I'm working with a company called Driving Electric. And they're basically a platform that will document and give facts and advice anything about driving electric on the road. Um, So it's really exciting to be a part of that team now because electric motorsport, electric cars is a big thing at the minute. I know a lot of car manufacturers have announced that, you know, they're only going to be making electric cars from a certain date. And so it's inevitably the way driving is going to go. So it's exciting to be part of it now to see what they're producing and what hybrids and what um charging times they're putting out and range and and it's only they're only getting better and better in yeah. yeah, every car we do it's it's like oh well you can compare it to this one and this one better and look at what this one does and yeah so it's a really exciting time to be a part of it.
0: A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsors, Grid Rival. Grid Rival is an absolute must for any racing fan. I've been looking to join Fantasy Motorsport Leagues for absolutely ages, and Grid Rival does that and so much more with an experience like no other. Real-time fantasy games, the best content, and a community of fans, Grid Rival is a must for 2021. Get ready for the motorsport season with Grid Rival today. Fantasy Leagues are now live so make sure you head to their website it's gridrival.com or download their app from your app store so you can set up your own league or join ours just search motormouth official and you can join our league and go up against us if you think you're tough enough. yeah
1: yeah there's some good electric cars coming out at the moment the the Etron range from Audi is um, is super cool there's some really nice stuff coming out do you, do you follow Formula E you know to, on the electric theme are you are you into the the formula e side of, of racing?
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't follow it religiously. Say, I remember seeing actually at Donington Park um, an electric bike race, and the, it's it's quite odd when you're used to hearing engines going that. by. It was just like a waft of air yeah. every time they went past. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, the electric racing is definitely a different different world i think that there are there are plans
0: aren't there for like a, a an all-electric moto gp essentially it's out or, isn't, isn't it yeah. in moto e isn't it isn't it already Moto afternoon? E. Yeah. I don't know if it yeah. exists exists yet or is it just sort of in the planning stages i don't, I don't know um
2: yeah yeah no it does it does exist um but, and, but again i think to try and get people to watch it yeah.
0: is another is thing a,
2: a hard yeah a hard sell it might be as quite... is trying to get people to buy electric cars at the minute is a hard sell well, it's, it's difficult um,
1: because there's I, I i've contemplated it but for me there's not that we don't have the infrastructure yet you know it's, it you, you buy an electric car and if you live in central london on a residential street with no charging points and you can't get a car park space outside your house what do you do you know you you there's no way of charging your, your vehicles maybe in 10-15 years but for me it just seems like a a strange thing to do unless you happen to have your own charging point you know at your house which is fine um but um i don't know it's it's yeah. um, it's it's an interesting thing but i think the 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 moto e uh, i would have thought is quite an appealing thing to watch because you stick an electric drivetrain in a you know tesla and those things shift from you know 2 or 3 seconds you're up at 60 miles an hour i would have thought on a motorbike you know you put an electric motor on those things they they're basically going supersonic, aren't they it must be ridiculous <laughs> to see the speed of those those electric bikes
2: yeah, we filmed actually a couple of electric bikes on amazing machines. And uh, as soon as you twist the throttle, yeah, instant <laughs> you're off. Like, you haven't even got time to think about it. Um, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. But I, I do know what you're saying about charging points and things like that. It's That's something that I think puts people off. But if you can invest in that, an electric car does, as I'm sure an electric bike, will give you a lot of perks. And I, I think one of the main things is saving on running costs yeah. is a big saver. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Now Grace because you are a, a well compared to us you're a MotoGP wizard. Um so educate us. Who is and I, th- I feel like I do myself a disservice but in terms of Tim because he doesn't know anything. Um <laughs> who is the the all-time great of MotoGP? What do you need to know if you get a, to sort of start watching it? I know that one.
2: Well, yeah, I think generally... See, I might get a lot of flack for this, but I think generally Valentino Rossi is regarded yeah. as the greatest of all time rider. I mean, I don't even know how long he's been riding. A long time since mm-hmm. I've been watching it. He's 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 been there. Um, and he's still there now and still competitive. And again, I think he's regarded as old for... yeah. Riding in MotoGP, but, you know, he's he's still got some juice in him, so yeah. don't count him out. <laughs> um, but last year was quite an interesting season um, because another rider to look out for is Marc Marquez, yeah. who has, well, compared to Valentino Rossi, is, is a bit of a rookie, but he's mm. sort of come in and won championships already and is just insane on a bike. The stuff he can do and even saving a, a mistake that he's made, he's able to save it somehow. He, those crashes incredible. they have. I mean, oh. we think sometimes
0: F1 crashes can be quite but you know, as you, the whole, I suppose, appeal of, of being of watching most GPS, you see the rider, but when they have a crash, it's Spectacular. quite quite horrible to watch because you see that impact that they have with, with yeah. the ground.
1: Did you see the one? Yeah. Um, it, it, you'll probably know this, Grace, um, better than me. It must have been about three or four months ago, maybe maybe a bit longer, maybe six months. But it, it was it was uh, Rossi, and and they were they were coming up a straight, turning into a right hander, and um, one yeah. bike went, I think, over. Rossi And literally yeah. just over the top of his head And then he drove in between the, the the. It cra- but it was, it was, yes. so, it was a miracle. He was like, I've been touched by God. Like what the hell just happened? How, he watched it back and was like, yeah. I don't know how I've survived that. That's I should be dead.
2: Yeah. 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 And it, it that, yeah, I remember watching that on TV, literally this other bike was centimeters yeah. from his body. Yeah. Like you say, how how everything just lined up for it to miss him is unbelievable. But it's stuff like that at the end of a the race. There's there's more to celebrate than just winning. You know, <laughs> getting yeah, around yeah, yeah. is another thing. So, um,
1: uh, it's, they're, they're, but, but, yeah. They're amazing, very brave. And and like you say, um, Valentino Rossi, he's a legend, isn't he? I mean, he, even a an armchair fan like me uh, is very aware of him. And also Mark Marquez, um, you know, he seems mm. to be the guy that everyone is talking about. Um, now listen do, yeah. w- what about you what's the future hold for you are, are we going to one day see Grace Webb in a racing car competing against other racing drivers is, is there a future for you on track
2: um well is <laughs> I think part of the reason why I've not done it before as well is it's so expensive yeah. to compete and you know especially when you know like me I've not I've not competed from a young age so I've I suppose I'm still quite new to to competing although I've been on track in a car and on a bike loads of times in a you know track day situation and and just for fun competing is another thing um I mean yeah I mean I'd love to give it a go if someone would like to sponsor me and <laughs> put my yeah. all into it yeah. Um, Do you know what? Because uh, who knows?
1: There's um, obviously we've got W Series, which is doing great things for female participation and inclusion in motorsport. But there's also uh, launching soon. This uh, have you, uh, I don't know if you've seen it on doing the rounds on LinkedIn and socials. I think it's called Formula Formula Woman or Formula Women.
2: Have Ooh, you seen this? Yes, and and yeah.
1: you, you you can only enter if you're not essentially a racing driver. I think is the premise behind it. Um, I'll let you
2: into a secret. Go I on. have already applied. Ah yes. <laughs> oh,
0: exclusive. Um,
2: because I saw that come up and it was like, yeah, you know, you can't have competed after be a woman. And I was like, oh, I'm ticking all the boxes here. Yeah. You know, what have you got to lose? Oh. And I'm, I'm very much one for that kind of. I will take an opportunity if it comes up. I rarely say no to stuff. So it's one of those. Yeah, what have you got to lose? That's yeah. so how I sent it in. Um, but I think at the moment they're still in early stages of seeing how the pandemic unfolds and mm. how that can work with their calendar yeah. and things so but I have also heard that it's televised so right. I'm also willing to be on their production team
0: yeah yeah
2: I'm all is
0: <laughs> you get, get, get on that one <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well you're obviously quite good at driving in general but what are you awful at what is the like what are you just so bad at that you just can't even bear to do it
2: um um I'm not good at accents. Uh, can, we,
0: oh, yeah. can we
1: hear one? So, uh, like, uh, no, because uh, it's so bad. What about like <laughs> uh, Irish? Is always a, give us a give us a little little bit of Irish. What? Uh, you need uh, to tell
2: me what. What should I what say? They,
1: they, they're like, "Hello there, how are you? What's top of the morning to you? How are you?" Hello. What's saying, Hello Harry? there. Hello
2: there. Hi. <laughs> oh dear. What is it? Oh, see that makes me nervous. I like, <laughs> had to like fake um, a
0: voice, so like, I can't do it. I <laughs> was
2: cruel. Sorry,
0: I, I apologise. am um, <laughs> I'm am good at some accents, but anything north of London uh, is uh, is to, I can't do it. It's just it, apart from some sort of generic Scottish, but any kind of northern Scottish. accent and stuff is. Ju- I just can't can't do it. It's a, yeah, it's an accent.
2: An yeah, and I would need someone else to say it first for me to like. Yeah get in tune and even that i can't really get in tune yeah speaking of tune i'm not really musical Ooh, no. i love music absolutely love music but if you asked me to like do a drum roll i can't even do that No rhythm, not much rhythm no. um yeah
1: well you <laughs> so can't you, 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 you can't join uh, our band then um we've we've no. collected quite a quite a gaggle so ha- harry went to rada so he he's He's, he's a thespian, actor, singer, you know, for full works. He can, he can break dance on his head. Triple he can do spins. Um, um, <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's me with my choir boy skills and the guitar and the piano back here. We've got loads of people that we've interviewed on the podcast who have got hidden talents, like, you know, they play the guitar or, you know, they play the drums or whatever. What, what's your hidden talent? Have you, have you got a hidden talent that, that uh, the public don't know about? Um,
2: I snowboard cool uh I, I, well i mean i have been going out to somewhere every season the pandemic has stopped yeah. that for the past few seasons but um yeah i'd say i'm not too shabby on a snowboard um
0: how long have you been doing that for
2: um i've been doing it for about six years maybe okay um and i mean living in lincolnshire there's a uh, not much limit, access limits. to snow i mean it's yeah. as flat as a pancake um yeah. Yeah. and any indoor slopes are like several bit, hours drive away yeah. <laughs> um, uh but we do try and get to the indoor slopes as much as we can okay. um which which i do enjoy and i and i like to like i always have that fear that i'm gonna to get how to do it, yeah. <laughs> and so you try and like keep up to date with it. And... No,
0: I'm I'm a I'm a skier. Oh, I was and, waiting um, for, uh, here we go. Yep. Uh, go on, uh, go on. And I've Ooh. been i <laughs> well. This is my point. I've been doing that since I was four. So just tell me why is it that snowboarders always think they own the slopes and want to oh. cut everybody else up? Oh, oh.
2: stop it! <laughs> oh, punchy. God. Damn. Uh, oh, you know, sorry. I totally I totally do skiing, but the reason I got into snowboarding was because I tried water skiing first
0: that's a
2: hole yeah my legs like (laughs) just didn't want to stay together so i was like well it's going to be the same on snow and i yeah you know you've got more contact on a snowboard and i I, I just seemed to go with that and it and it worked out so
1: (laughs) i'm really good at water skiing just chucking that out there i find it really easy uh, honestly Duck to water, literally. <laughs> I, I got on a, I got on a pair of um I think I did it mono first. I could do that, nailed it. And oh, then
0: but got, I could barely like get out of the water.
2: Yeah, but you're I was on, mono you're skis. dragged Sunhard. along.
1: Yeah, but you're eighty five yeah. foot tall. You're you, you know, you're not built for water skiing, let's be honest. No. You're, you definitely don't have not. the physique for it, you know. I should so, have done
0: rugby really.
1: Yeah, yeah, or basketball or something like that. Um <laughs> Grace, what You've had a um, a very good career to date. You, you've you've had some amazing opportunities in front of the camera. The the amazing machines, obviously, fantastic. There may be some young people listening to this who are trying to make their way into broadcasting or media. What what advice would you give them? Is there anything you would have done differently? Is it what can they do to try and make their way in the broadcasting world?
2: Yeah, well, I can only speak from experience, but for me, like I say. I was just being myself, chatting to people, being nice, you know, treating other people how you want to be treated kind of thing and just doing me and that got me the opportunity. You know, someone spotted that and said, well, she seems all right. You know, let's give her a chance kind of thing. And so I think, yeah, if you do want to get into it, just keep doing what you're doing because you never know who's watching you and we'll we'll pick up on that really so yeah yeah, you know a few people have asked me that before and you know platforms like youtube and instagram are so good now that you can promote things and hashtag things and get your content out there so just do what you love and and keep doing that
0: yeah yeah great advice what if anything would you have done differently um we like we, we get deep towards the end <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah what would i have done differently um nothing fine, i don't
2: that, think
0: that's fine as well i think that's quite yeah. that's quite nice to hear yeah, actually because absolutely. i often think when, a lot of the answers we get sometimes especially from elite athletes you know who are top of their game and in, in racing or whatever they always say um or most of them say that well actually i wouldn't have done anything differently because i i i learned from it and that's where that's what's got me yeah. to where i am now so it's kind of made yeah. who i am
2: I yeah, I'd agree with that because it's almost like the reason I'm here now is because of mm. the decisions I took before kind of thing. Um, I mean, it was hard. I did find it hard leaving teaching to take the job of Amazing Machines. Um, that was quite difficult at the time.
0: It must be quite scary, actually. It's a bit of a, a yeah. scary jump, I suppose, into a bit of a
2: yeah. jump. Yeah, it was a bit of a jump and... Um, yeah, it, it was just quite difficult to leave the school, so I had to make the decision myself and do something for me. You know, I I didn't I didn't leave the school in the lurch, but I said no, I'm doing this for me, so I've got to leave on this date. And like I say, it was that thing of I was teaching the last week and then yeah. <laughs> filming the week after. Um, so yeah, you've just. <laughs> As hard as it is sometimes to be brave and stand up for what you want to do, I don't regret it now.
1: <laughs> no, that's really nice. I think I think some, one of the things that um, quite a few people have said as well is that, um, like Harry says, a lot of the people we, we've spoken to are sort of right at the, the, the top of the tree in terms of their their profession, whether it's you know athletes or businessmen or whatever. And, and a lot of them say, I wish I had sort of acknowledged the moment more. You know, enjoyed the moment because they've taken it so seriously and are so single-minded that by the time they reach their you know 30s 40s they're like god you know i I didn't actually take the time to enjoy what i was doing because i was so in it um Mm. but also i think Mm. from you know your your example is great because it shows that you don't necessarily need to have the experience um to jump into something that you you love you know you, you you've gone from a teacher to being on the TV in, in millions of homes up and down the country every morning, you know. So it's there's 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 opportunities there for everybody. Um, before we come yeah. on to our final three questions and let you get on with your day, I'm um, I'm curious. Uh, our most highbrow question: um, Would you would you prefer, if you could choose? Would you take feathers or scales, and why? Um,
2: feathers.
1: Yeah, I think right.
2: Is, is this a does this mean? Would you rather fly or be well, able to breathe underwater?
1: I mean, and well, <laughs> I mean t- uh, chickens have feathers; they're not very good at flying. But you know, you—I guess if you if you <laughs> adapted your feathers correctly, then yes, te- technically you
2: okay, can. fly. that's right. how I see it.
0: I see it: feathers <laughs> yeah. fly, at scales. You can you can swim.
2: I'm yeah, not... well, that's how I perceive that question. So I would choose feathers. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Interesting. Yeah, oh,
2: fair I'd love to be able to fly.
0: Oh, I
1: would. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'd love it. I often look at the birds and think... I'd like feathers. Oh, that's you. you must be so good up there. I know. <laughs> Coasting around. Yeah. And, do you know, I'd, I'd totally recommend anyone to go wing walking because oh. that is literally the closest feeling... No. I've what is that? to, like, physically flying. No, forget it. Where they basically strap you to the outside of an aeroplane. Um, you, you know, st- you, stood, you stood on the wing of a plane. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, the, just okay. the pressure of the wind on your body, and it it literally does take your breath away. Like sometimes I'm like, <gasps> not sure if I can breathe in because it's so strong. But it's that oh oh, exhilarating feeling. Um, we filmed that on amazing machines. Again, another incredible day. Um, that sounds yeah, very dangerous. If you want to know how to fly, I'd say that's the closest I've got to like physically you flying.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's that is thin- bonkers. I've yeah. always been more drawn to water. I don't know why. Maybe I've, maybe I've got some sort of aversion to heights. But um, so you take know. the scales. <laughs>
1: um, so so that that's our ridiculous question. We do have three um, final questions, which we ask all of our guests, and um, they throw up all sorts of um, different answers. You you can take them as deep or not as you wish.
0: Um, Harry, do you want to kick off? Yes, Grace. What has got you excited at this very moment?
2: I would say excited right now is the future of electric vehicles.
0: Brilliant.
2: I think because that's what I'm studying at the moment and taking part a lot in, I'm learning a lot right now about electric vehicles and they're only getting better and I'm excited to see how manufacturers are going to keep improving.
1: Yeah, no, great answer. It's, it's a it's a fascinating subject and um, it's actually what, you could fill a whole podcast on, on um, you know, electrification. I think it, it is fascinating. Yeah. Um, how much of your success would you put down to luck and right place, right time? And how much do you think is down to pure hard work?
2: Uh, it's 50-50, definitely. Um, you know, again, my example I used of, you know, hard work by being nice to people and chatting to people and just getting on with what your job is. But then also I was spotted by being in the right place at the right time and that people found my content. Um, So yeah, it's definitely 50-50. So you can't, you definitely need to be working hard, but also with a sprinkle of luck thrown in.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, finally, Grace, what are you scared of?
2: Oh, I really don't like creepy crawlies.
0: Well, no, that's yeah.
2: <laughs> is, that, is that a good one? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, not ooh, spiders and bugs. Oh, ooh. I don't know. I can't do. Yeah, it. I, don't mind. I I can't. I can't watch I'm a celeb because it ooh, it makes my skin. Freak out! Yeah. Oh, I can
0: watch that, but if I see a little spider, I will scream in a very high-pitched voice. Whatever the size. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. If I if there's a spider in my house, like, I need I need someone else to come and remove it because yeah. <laughs> I can't. I just can't.
1: <laughs> we, we've actually that's uh we, weirdly because that's a common. Uh, fear that we haven't actually had that one very much. We've had some really weird ones that that are genuinely odd, like people scared of tea bags, people scared of killer whales. Um, God,
0: what else? That was a really random one. Yeah,
1: um, we've had uh, some really obscure ones. Uh, mine, which is the the fear of tiny holes. Which oh, that's apparently <laughs>
0: that's, that's apparently a phobia, Tri- trichophobia or something like that, isn't Good it? Good
1: memory, yeah. There's something uh, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's an, it's an actual thing. I was actually reading about it yesterday, weirdly enough. Um, and every now and again, I force myself to look at a picture of tiny holes to see if I've still got this weird fear, and I do. It literally drives me nuts.
2: Yeah, to be honest, I I try and do that. You know when like a spider has made a cobweb outside your window. You go and put your face in. But you've got you've got the safety of the window there. Yeah. (laughs) So I for I force myself to like get right up close to it and have a look at its body and everything, knowing that I've got the safety of the window outside. And you know it's outside and it's it's happy. And I Can have a look at it. I love that you <laughs> do that.
1: I, I love that there's that weirdness in you that you do that. You go up to a window and stare at the spider to try and get over your. Yeah, but
2: fear. that's like, like what yeah. you said saying about yeah, your tiny
0: hole phobia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I've yet to discover my phobia, perhaps. I don't know. I can't. Uh, I don't. I'm... Well just, does everyone have one? I mean I, I mean I don't no. like a ph- a phobia I think is a bit different to being a little bit scared of creepy yeah. crawlies yeah. like phobias yeah. are full on like you have no control over it yeah I you'll feel. have a panic attack or something mm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. well we'll 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 wait to see what happens there um <laughs> look grace Webb, thank you so much for for giving up your time and coming on to the Motor mouth podcast it's been great to get to know you and find out how you started and, and all the awesome things you're doing as yeah. well, and and Grace's and Grace's amazing machine sounds like the best co- best show and the coolest job it of all time. Um, so thank you for coming on the show. How can we uh, well? How can we and I think actually and little kids as well watch it?
2: So you can find it on BBC iPlayer at any time. Um, loads of episodes on there, so you know you'll never get bored because there's so many on there. So, yeah, you can go to BBC iPlayer and watch it there or it's on CBD every day.
0: Amazing. Grace, thank you so much for coming onto the Motor Mouth podcast.
2: Thank you, guys. See you soon.
0: Before you go, one final reminder to check out the team at Grid Rival, the place to be for the 2021 motorsport season. If you think you really know your F1 and MotoGP, fancy yourself at making a bit of extra cash, setting up your own or joining a fantasy league and making sure you have the best driver lineups for each race, all whilst getting access to the best motorsport content and chatting to like-minded fans, then Grid Rival is the place for you. Leagues go live at the end of February, so make sure you're at the front of the You by getting notified as soon as they're ready by heading over to their website gridrival.com or download their app from your selected app store and get prepped for a brand new season of motorsport with Grid Rival. Now if you're a really lovely person and fancy supporting the podcast further just head over to Patreon or the link is in the podcast description. We've got some great goodies and bonus content to give you if you sign up. Just search Motormouth Official on Patreon and there are three levels of membership to choose from. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Podcast, Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official, and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans, and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too, so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quickly. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth Podcast.